0: You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to stream. You can also visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com to find out more info about PCLB and visit our event tab to see what's going on this month. Lastly, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at PCLasVegas. Thank you again and enjoy the message. What What a great way to start a letter to a church. I mean, what a great way to say, man, I I see everything that you're doing. It doesn't go unnoticed. I I see the hard work that you're putting in. I I, I see your patience. I I see that you don't don't tolerate evil. I see all these things. You, You persevere without quitting. But then he goes on to say, but I have this complaint against you. Man, all good, and you're all church like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean that, that butts can be really big. <laughs> but here, God says, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me. Listen, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works that you did first. If you don't repent... I will come, and I will remove the lampstand from its place among the church, or the churches. Today I want to look at the church of Ephesus, known as the loveness, loveless church. Paul ministered in Ephesians for three years, and and Paul was warning the Ephesians that false teachers will come and try to draw their faith as we look in the book of Acts chapter twenty. False teachers, uh, as we see the scriptures, did come and cause problem in the Ephesian church, but the church resisted them. John, the author here in Revelation, spent much of his ministry in Ephesus, and so he knew that these things t- that they talked about, the Ephesus was true. They, they re- re- resisted these false teachings. Now, the one that walks among the seven golden lampstands is Jesus. He's talking about Christ here. He walks among the churches today, indicating that his power and authority over the churches and over its leadership. I remember that Jesus is the head of every church that's out there, amen. He he has the authority. He walks in that authority and power. And the church of Ephesus, you got to understand, was blowing up. I mean, this church was huge. I mean, it was just blowing up. I mean, it was growing, but it became a proud church. And Jesus' message to them was, that you know what, don't get too big-headed. Look at somebody said, say, don't get too, no, no, don't tell them. You say, you know what, you, you need to slow down here. You're doing all the right things, but you're, you're getting a little puffed up of who you think you really are. Because it's really about me. I'm the head. And I'm here to let you know that God cares about the church today. I'm here to let you know that God cares about the body. These seven letters to these churches indicate that. Each letter, Jesus told them to write, John, he told John to write about specific people, about places, events, amen, and he praised the believer for their success. But he also told them how to correct their failures. He cares for those churches back then, and he cares for our churches today. Can somebody say amen? See, God wants our church, say my church, he wants the churches to reach his greatest potential. As a a pastor, I I want you to reach your highest potential. Man, I want want you to go, as we sang that song, higher and higher. I want to see you go higher and higher. You know, I I don't think there's any pastor that does not want to see anyone fail but to succeed. You know, I want you to do even greater things than whatever I do, amen. I, I want you to go beyond and there's great things that you can do. I, I want you to reach your, your greatest potential. And here as we worship, as we serve God together, it's becoming God's vehicle for, for changing not, not only Las Vegas, but we're going to change the world. Come on, somebody. Anybody excited about that? <laughs> but we have to take it seriously, though, because God, because God does you got to be serious what you do for the kingdom of God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. You know, if you're not serious, you're not going to get the full benefit. As I mentioned before, amen, we want to work the very minimum and get all of God's blessings. You know, and I know that no one here likes to work for minimum wage. (laughs) But it seems in the kingdom of God, we like to work the very bare minimum. And we want the full benefit. And so we got to understand that we we, we got to do more. We, we we got to give ourselves. we got to take this walk. And we got to take this life that we live, that we chose to live, seriously because God does. See, over a long period of time, the church of Ephesus stood, stood firm in their belief. They refused to tolerate sin among its members. See, you have to understand that it was not an easy city. This, this city was kind of like Las Vegas. Come on, there was, there was, uh, the city was known for immoral sexual practices, uh, idol worshipers. Uh, I mean, it, it, the list can go on and on uh, on the city. So it was a very hard city to reach. But we're living in times today, men, of sin and sexual immorality. Can somebody say amen? Come on, it's very popular to be open-minded towards many types of sins uh, that are out there today, amen, uh, that it's okay to drink once in a while now. Come on, there's no problem about shacking up, amen. There's nothing wrong with gay relationships. Or or, you know what, there's nothing wrong with same-sex marriages. And let me tell you guys, I'm talking about the church. I'm not even talking about the world, amen. It's happening in the church today. And they're calling it personal choices or an alternative lifestyle. I'm calling it sin. God calls it sin. See, the same God that called it sin back then is the same God that calls it sin today, church. My God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. What was sin back then is still sin today, Lord. It does not change. And God doesn't say, you know what, it's not that bad. My my bad. Go for it. Go ahead. It's all right. As long as it's at a, at a, you know, very minimum, you know, just watch it. Take it easy. <laughs> as Nacho was saying, take it easy. See, Second Timothy chapter 4, 3 to 4, and this is the English Bible, it says this, there will be a time when people will not tolerate sound teaching. They will collect, they will collect teachers to say what they want to hear because of their self-centered, and they will turn back they will turn their backs on the truth and turn to myths or to lies. Listen, church. When the body of believers, do we have any believers in the house today? Come on. If when the body of believers uh, begin to tolerate sin in the church, uh, it lowers its standards and compromises the church as a witness. How are you going to win the world when they see you like the world? See, church, God's approval is way more important than the world's opinion. Come on, we we, got to understand it's God's way or the way. Come on, we have to live the way God tells us to live, amen. We must use God's word, come on, and not what people are willing to accept, amen. We need to set the standard for what is right and what is wrong, church. It is the church's responsibility for us to indicate that's wrong, That's right, not the world. It's time for us to rise up. You know, we want to go higher and higher. We need to go higher and higher in Christ ourselves. The church needs to go higher because we need to set the standards. Uh, They need, uh, people are looking for the way to live, but now the church is confusing people by saying, it's okay now, so who's right, who's wrong? There's no standard set which causes confusion in the house, which causes people to stumble, amen. Uh, Come on. Uh, It it is, we got to go back to what the word of God says. We cannot change it for popularity. We cannot change it to to say we're we're a little cooler here, amen. No, 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 you're preaching a lie. And those people are going to hell. We, We need to speak the truth, church. We are the standard of God. We have to set that standard, and we need to speak that and preach it and not compromise it and not agree with it. We need to be the voice. The world is listening to all these other voices because they want direction. So that voice is speaking, and the, the church is silent. Where's the church? Where's the church speaking the truth? See, Christ commends the church of Ephesus. He gives them high praise, amen. He says, man, you guys are hard workers. You guys, man, you guys are faithful. You guys are loyal. You guys are committed. You guys give and you guys do what you need. And you're enduring, amen. You don't tolerate evil. You examine who's false. You suffer without quitting. And I mean, these are some great characteristics of a church. I mean, a church should have all this in their church. Now, that, that, that's a great church right there. But these efforts, these characteristics should be done or come from the love for Christ. Love should be our motivation. Uh, love should be our drive, church. Amen. Uh, it must be done in love. Come on. Uh, tell your neighbor, do it in love. You got to do it in love. Jesus and John stress the importance of loving each other. It's a proof of the gospel, church. It's a proof of that God's living in our lives. Jesus said in John chapter 13, 34 to 35, so I'm giving you a new command. Love each other. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. Your love for each other will prove to the world that you're my disciples. It will prove to the world that there's a God. It will prove to the world, amen, there's standard. It will prove to the world that this is the way you need to live. And then John says in 1 John 3, 18 and 19, it says, dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. How many is good that we say we love you? We're so good at that. We we love you and then we roll our eyes like, oh, I hate that dude. (laughs) But we have to say it because we got to say, hey, bro, love you, bro. Man, I hate that guy. (laughs) Or we talk about each other in the parking lot. (laughs) Or with another sister that you really love. (laughs) It's It's not just say that we love each other, church, but let us show the truth by our actions. Come on, you love them, you never buy them a coffee. You never, you never show your love. You never appreciate them, amen. See, it says, it goes on to say, our actions will show that we belong to the truth. And so it will be confident. So we will be, so we will be confident when we stand before God. See, if we really love each other, we can stand before God and say, man, I loved your people. I love the church. I love people. God, I, I, I loved. I demonstrated your love through my life. Listen, church, in the battle of maintaining sound teaching, I know that conflict can sometimes weaken or destroy our patience for affection or for love for others. Come on, have you ever lost your patience with somebody not accepting the truth from you? You're giving them sound doctrine and they're arguing with you? You're trying to help them. It starts off with a good motive. It starts off with a little love, amen. we like, you know, Jesus said, you, you, you got to do this, you can't do this and all this, and all of a sudden, then you react, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you, you get defensive, right? Right? Come on, somebody. And we don't react in love. <laughs> we start to well, go to hell then. <laughs> and we walk away. What is that? We want to reach out to somebody. When we start off with love, but when we start to get into their backyard, and we start to point those things and say, Let me, let me help you. I'm not, not pointing out these. I'm just showing what the Word of God says. That if you live this way, this is going to happen. And so you start to share the gospel, but now they, they get defensive. They, they try to shut you down, and all of a sudden, yeah, you just lose it. Go to hell, sort of speaking. Think we send people to help quicker than God does? <laughs> Who made you judge? <laughs> We're supposed to love still, church. They don't get it. You guys didn't get it at first. I didn't get it for ten years after I backslid. It took a long time for me to finally get it again. Come on, we don't get it right away. So you got to keep loving. Love is what brought me back to to God. It's love for my wife, prayers and friends and family that kept praying, they kept loving me despite of how what they saw in me. They didn't care, they care about the soul. They care about me. Not looking at what you're doing. Oh, that's wrong, you're going to hell. I already know I'm going to hell. (laughs) Tell me something. Help me somewhere. Throw me a lifeline, man. Come on, come on. You're sending me already, man. You're packing my bags. Give me something to get out of here. Give me a get out of hell card or something. Give me a flyer. Amen. Nobody even carries flyers no more. Inviting people to church. Amen. We say, oh, just check it out, Facebook, phone, media. Where's the personal touch? That's another message. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 115 says this, ever since I heard of your strong faith. This is, this is here. This is, this is Paul talking to the church here. He goes, Ever since I, I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the love that you have for God's people everywhere. Paul here is commending the, the church of Ephesus of its love. Man, man, I see the love in this church. I see the love for the people of the city and the community everywhere. But you got to understand, many of its OGs, amen, the old people that started the church have already died. And many of the second generation believers have lost their zeal for God. They were a busy church. They were an active church. They did a lot for the church. They did a lot for the community, but they were acting out of wrong motives. Their actions were wrong. How many know that you can do God things without God motives? You look like the church, but your attitude stinks. Listen, the work for God must be motivated, must be driven by love for God, or it will not last, church. It's not going to last if that, that, this, this banner of love is not inside of us. The agape love of God inside of us. See, no one's seen God. Anybody here seen God? Anybody here there at the cross when Jesus died for us? See, no, I, I I wasn't there. I've never seen them, but I believe. But if we love one another, then God lives inside of us, and his love then completes us, church. His love is evidence that God exists. His love is evidence to the world that God exists. By the way, we love one another. Can somebody say amen? Remember the love you felt when you first got saved? Can you think back? Some of us, we've got to go back some years. Some of us recently. It was love that drew you to the altar. Come on, it was love that forgave you of all your sins. Come on, tears flow from your face because love touched your life. Love wiped away your past and we rejoice at our forgiveness. Come on, I I remember that day. I I speak about that day. I I remember coming down from uh, the balcony uh, at my home church in Huntington Park and giving my life to Jesus. Amen. I remember I met love right at the altar once I got there. Love took over. Love introduced me to my best friend. Love introduced me to a fellowship. Love introduced me to people that surrounded me and said, you know what? I'm going to surround you with my love. You don't see me, but you're going to see my love, son. Church, when we begin to lose sight, listen, of the seriousness of sin, we begin to lose the thrill of our forgiveness. You simply forgot what God has done in your life. If we're not taking sin seriously, then you don't remember how he saved you. We lost it. We lost how messed up we were. and We were in sin and on our way to hell. And God forgave us. Second Peter starts talking about faith and knowledge and perseverance and self-control and, and love. And then he goes on to say in 2 Peter 1.9, it says this. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness. He has forgotten what he has been cleansed, that he, he was cleansed from all his sins. See, when we're not doing what we need to do, we're not pressing in and persevering and being kind and being self-controlled and learning just to love him. And then, then we, if we, if we, if we, if we've lacked these things, then we've forgotten this stuff. We forgot what he did for us. I'll never forget when he saved my life. I'll never forget the day at that altar when he delivered me from alcohol. I'll never forget, amen. I met the truth, I encountered the truth. He broke the chains, amen, and he restored my life. I'll never forget what Jesus has done. And I will not tolerate sin saying it's okay because I know what sin can do. Don't dabble, don't play with the fire, church. You'll get burned. Come on. well, you've been saved? You've got 10 years under your belt now? You can do something? <laughs> something a little crazy for one night? Yeah, I just go crazy, man. man. I've been saved 10 years. Celebrate! <laughs> I got faith in me to sustain. I know how to hit the altar. No, you're playing with fire. That's wrong thinking, church. Remember how excited you were when you first got saved? I don't know about you, but I was on fire. I was at every service, every prayer meeting. I was like, yeah, what, what you got going on in the church? I was involved. People get saved now, nah, man, they, it's a struggle to come back to Wednesday. <laughs> I man, what the heck happened? Amen. I when I got saved back in Maywood, man, it was like I was like back in Huntington Park. I mean, Maywood and Huntington Park. I was at both of those places, man. I was excited. Man, I didn't know a lot about the gospel, but I was glad, and I knew that Jesus loved me and He forgave me of all my sins. I didn't care anymore. Man, I didn't know all the I didn't know all the all the, all the, all the scriptures to say. Man, I was just excited. Jesus saved me, and then He loved me. Amen. We had enthusiasm. Listen. Enthusiasm without knowledge. We didn't know a lot about Jesus, but we were so excited, amen, believing that we can do anything for Christ. But it seems now that Christians have knowledge but no enthusiasm. where you should be excited for what God has given you. See, both of those are a necessary church. If we're going to keep our love for God intense. The question today... Have you lost your first love? Come on, if you're just here to punch in a clock or tell God I'm here, then you lost your love. If love didn't wake you up, church, and you're coming out of obligation and duty, you lost your love. If it was a struggle and say, man, when is this Oh, If you're looking at your watch right now, you lost your love. <laughs> if you already think about food, you lost your love. Amen. Ah well come on I, I was waiting for that brother <laughs> I looked at my phone <laughs> Come on if you're on Facebook right now you lost your love I'm oh, at church selfie Did you see me praising that church Woo Did you see that dress I bought? Man, if we're caught up in those things, church, you you lost your love. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32, New Living Translation says this, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. And remember how, how you remained faithful even when it meant going through terrible suffering. The common English Bible says this, but remember the early days after you saw the light. You stood your ground while. You were suffering from an enormous amount of pressure. Man, back then, I mean, when I got saved, man, I didn't care what came my way, man. Now we get hit with a trial, amen. Problems rise up, amen, and we want to quit. And you've been saved for 10 years. I know. It's like, man, all of a sudden, God's not enough. God's not powerful enough to help you here. Hello. Hello. See, when I got saved 22 years ago, let me tell you, nothing could shake my faith in Jesus because I fell in love with him. Amen. I I believed what he was going to do in my life, church. I I remember pastoring even here in this church right here. Amen. I lost my love. I can be honest. I lost my love. I was serving. I was preaching. I was doing everything. I was not compromising. I was not in sin, but I wasn't doing it in love. I'm going to just be honest with you guys. I didn't do it like I was doing in the beginning. I lost it. Come on, don't look at me like I never lost it. Ooh. <laughs> I'm finding another church. <laughs> I'm telling, I, I love God, but I wasn't doing things in love. Church, are you following me? I, I was doing what I needed to do. I, I, I didn't tolerate sin. I was doing, I was preaching, I was still serving, but I wasn't loving him like I used to and loving his people like I used to. Actually, people are getting on my nerves then. (laughs) I'm being honest. And I'm not looking at you. (laughs) I remember one time back, some years back, amen, to where I'm at today. God told me, you know what, you lost a son. I said, what do you mean, pops? I said, man, you don't talk to me like you used to. I'm talking to you right now. He goes, no, no, you're not, you're not, you lost it. And he rebuked me, and I, 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 I felt it, and I repented. He says, give. He told me, go back. Get back to that first love. Remember that love that drove you and your family out here? You need to get back to that love. Remember that love that motivated you and said, come on, let's sell the house. Let's go for Jesus. You've got to go back to that. Remember that enthusiasm that you had? When you told your wife, we're going to take, take Las Vegas, man. We're going to plant churches everywhere. <laughs> I was crazy for Jesus, man. We came out here. We didn't care. We didn't have no, who cares? Who needs a job? He'll give me a job? let just move. We just believed. We trust, man. I was, I was in love with God. Love causes you to do some crazy things. When you're in love, man, you, you do crazy things for that person you're in love with. I'll go, let's go. You're crazy. I don't care. I love him. Let's do it. Jesus. We, we, it was great. It was, it was awesome. Man, and, my, and then the good, cool thing was that my, my wife was as crazy as I was. Amen. Let's do it, Jehovah. Vamonos. And so I say, okay, Lord, I'll love you, but I don't want to feed that sheep over there. I don't want to love that person. <laughs> he said, you gotta love everyone. And I said, God, you gotta, you, you gotta do something to me. I, I repented, and I fell back in love. I'm here to let you know, church, that I love what I do now. I'm at a place, man, that there is I, there is no worry. You can spit at my face; I'm gonna still love you, and embrace you. Don't try it, though. <laughs> I'm, God's still working on me. Something may happen, Amen. Just don't don't push it. <laughs> well, that was a good one right there. <laughs> but I fell back in love. I got back where I needed to be. I'm here to let you know it gets gooder and gooder, Church. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just love God. I love you guys. I love people. I love where I'm at. I love what God's doing at my job. I love, I love people. I just love, I love what I do. It's just, it's just awesome. I'm, I'm back to the place where I needed to be. The enthusiasm is back. The, everything else is back. Man, I'm, I'm, I said, God, this is your harvest. I'm just going to do what you told me to do. He just said, preach the word. That's all I'm doing. Don't worry about anything else. And I said, okay, pops. It's, he builds the church. <laughs> Come on, we just got to do what we need to do. And so, I just got to do this. Yeah, let's do it. He'll help me. I'm not saying I don't, I'm trouble-free or, you know, and everything's great. No, he helps me through those things. I've learned to love to draw to him when struggles come. And it doesn't shake my face. Enthusiasm doesn't go away. I'm, I'm still loving. I may not like the season I'm in, but I'm still loving God because he's going to take me through my season. I know what he can do. So when you're in love with somebody, you hold on and say, you know, it's going to be okay. I say, okay, I'm going to trust you. Nothing's going to shake that no more. It's like the the scripture says, what can separate us from the love of God? In Romans, well, what can separate me? Trial, I've been through trials. Storm, (laughs) storm, rain on me. Hallelujah. I don't care. I'm still going forward with God. And so we continue to go back. And so church, we have to do it in love. Love has to be your motivation. Love has to be your drive, amen. That's what brought back my zeal. I just simply fell in love with God. If you fell in love, church, you gotta understand you can fall out of love. Just fall back into it. And watch what God does. See, if not, verse 5 says that Jesus will remove its lampstand from its place. You know? I brought this in and said, oh, are you becoming Jews now? Or No, no. He <laughs> says, I'm going to remove that. If, if you don't get back, I'm going to remove it from its place. Which means that the church will no longer be an effective church. You may exist. You may have service on Sunday. But you will not be effective. See, as the seven-branch candlestick here, this, this seven-branch candlestick, was used in the temple for the priests to see its way in the temple. The church is supposed to be a light for the community church. And when you fail to do what God tells you to do and what the church's purpose is to do, what he'll do is that eventually your light will go out. Better then Jesus will come and blow your light out. He warns us, amen, if you don't do uh, and fulfill the purpose, I will blow your light off. And what's worse, church, to remove you. That's why one is missing here, church. I don't want to be the church that gets removed. He tells us, do a purpose. You have a purpose. You're supposed to be a light. Do your job and let it lie because if you don't, I'll blow you out, if you don't get it right, I'll remove you. And he will replace you or replace the church with another one. Church is very serious of what we need to do. I don't, I don't want Jesus coming in and removing. See, the church needs, to remain, needs to, to remain focused and needs to repent from its sins in order for the light to remain church. Not only... You gotta understand, will he blow us, he'll take us out, church. I, I don't want Jesus blowing us out here. I don't want our light gone. Let's be the light in our in our church. Let's be a light in this community. Let's be a light for this world. See, as we take part in activity where we know, come on, you know. You know when it's wrong, and you participate in that. Or make excuses to justify your behavior, saying, you know, it's not as bad as you seem, or it's not going to hurt my faith. Then you're thinking selfish. And you need to rethink your actions. See, as you lay down your life, church, you've got to understand, you don't longer live for yourself. You live for God. Amen? Every action, everything that you do represents the Christ, represents the church. In today's world with so many things that are going on in our world today, man, we we, we cannot bow down, we cannot change, we cannot compromise, we cannot do anything to say this is what we've got to do to be more effective. No, no, no. We just need to keep on preaching on sin. We need to just continue being the light. We need to help those that are in sin and get them out of darkness into his marvelous light. We need to draw them to the light. We need to be the light church. They used to make fun of me, man, but I used to like that song, This Little Light of Mine. I'm going to make it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Actually, David used to make fun of me, hey, amen. <laughs> this is our favorite song, you know. <laughs> but I wanted to be a light. And I know they used to sing it in Sunday school, but, man, I thought, man, that's a, that's a powerful song, why is it that we complicate the gospel so much? And all we're supposed to be is just a light. We think we've got to be all this other stuff, and we've got to be this and be that, and we do this, and we've got to change that, pastor. We can't be that hard. You can't I've got, got an obligation and a responsibility to, to preach the truth. I'm going to have to stand before God, not only for myself, but for what I do here. And I want to make sure that all of you guys are walking down, that I, I'm taking you through this desert, and one day we're going to reach our promised land because I did my part. I, I, you know, I'm going to, I want to stand before God and say, God, I did what you told me to do. I, I, I ministered the truth. I did, not, I did not waver. I did not compromise. I did what you told me to do. And, and, and here I am, and here's, here's, here's the church I led. You know, I want, I, want, I, want to, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, you'll never hear from me, oh, it's okay, don't worry about it. Now, if you sin, I'm going to tell you, that's not, that's not right. You need to get it right, you need to turn that around. And whatever type of relationship we have with each other, I, I know I can be more firm with those that I know, and, and those that are new, I'm going to be a little more gracious as God is with us. But at the same time, I'm not going to say it's okay. I'm not going to say it's okay, and I'm not, not going to agree with you. Huh, Pastor? No. No, I I understand what you feel. I understand what what you're going through, but it's still not right. No, it's not right. What he back to the Word of God? Do we go? Do we or do we Google it? (laughs) Do we Google answer? Series? What I do? (laughs) Alexa, whoever you know, Tia. you know you you call we. we (laughs) It seems like you know when we got problems, we go to everyone else except the church. Come on, you talk to, that, you talk to that, that girl that's been divorced three times, amen, about your marriage. We, we go to people, amen, that, are, that they're not saved for advice. Because you go into the world because what? The world's going to agree with you. And the church is going to rebuke you. Just be effective, church. go back, go back to what you did in the beginning you know when God rebuked me and corrected me and showed me where I was wrong and where my heart was I, I man I, I felt so bad that you know what God i am I'm so sorry for what I did I asked for forgiveness I asked God change my heart God bring me a heart that's soft for people once again let me let me love the way you love let me see what you see Lord, let me feel what you feel God I I'm I'm done with being selfish. I'm done with taking things personal. He says don't 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 be don't be mad because they hate you. They hate me first. Don't 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 worry about that. They hate me first. So you know what I I, I took all that and I took all the opinions and everything else away and and I just focus on loving God, loving God, loving people. When my pastor sent me out. She just said, Art, just love people. And I had to be reminded, you know what, I need to just love people. And everything else falls into a place. Love your wife. Come on, that's what he told husbands. Love your wife. Just love your wife. She'll be all right. You love her, everything will fall into its place. Starts with love, church. Starts with love. I'm going to close today because I'm getting hungry. I need to eat. Anyone hungry? No, No, you guys are getting too holy now, amen. (laughs) Go three more hours, Pastor. Shut up. (laughs) I'm going to close today, church, because I want to pray today. We see that Jesus commended the church of Ephesus for hating wicked practices. See, they didn't hate people, church. Don't get me wrong. Just their sinful actions. But they didn't show it in love. See, we should accept and love all people, church, but refuse to tolerate any evil. God doesn't tolerate sin. Amen. He expects us to stand against it. What the world needs today is Christian disciples that will stand for God's truth Towards the light. If we do this. The things that we do for God, we have to do it in love. You've got to do it in love, church. If you do it in love, it's so much easier than doing it your way. Because love overlooks anything. Love will whatever it is. See, if you're just doing it because you like it, sometimes you're not unlikely.